Interactive read-alouds are so helpful for your students. They are the way that much of your teaching and modeling will happen as it's in action and it's right there in the moment. Now, I am going to be walking through the interactive read-aloud structure, and hopefully, if you haven't tried this, you will find much value in it. So if you are ready to dive into interactive read-alouds, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast if you are new and welcome back for those of you who are returning. Now, before I dive into our topic today, I have been battling allergies like no other. So if I sound a little bit different, that's what it is. But I am committed to bringing you content each week. So here we are. Now, today we are going to be diving into the interactive read aloud, and this is different than a book that you are just reading aloud to your students for enjoyment. Now, that definitely should be happening. We should be just opening up a book, enjoying that with our students, because a classroom culture that's made up of students who love reading, that is what we really want to get to. And the way that we do that is by exposing them to a variety of texts and what I like to call having no strings attached. They are just listening and enjoying this book. They are fostering and growing their love for reading. So that should be happening. But when we're thinking about the interactive read aloud, this is different than just opening up a book, sitting students on the carpet, and reading to them. I love making the interactive read aloud enjoyable too. So the students are going to engage with it. They're going to love hearing it. But it's so important for me to remember that in order to teach and show various reading skills and strategies, there has to be an intentional time set aside for this, as well as an intentional text. This is planned. You should be pre-reading your read-alouds and looking for places to model your thinking and to apply different reading skills. So you might be wondering, why is this time really important for your students? So I want to just kind of lay it out like this. The interactive read-aloud is important because this is a structured time that's going to allow your readers to experience rich interesting texts. And not only just experiencing these different texts, but these specific texts are going to be age and grade level appropriate. That means that regardless of a student's independent or instructional reading level, they are going to get to enjoy and experience and interact with text that is on their grade level. And this is big to protect a lot of our lower level students who are not reading on grade level yet. The interactive read aloud is also great for expanding knowledge, expanding their vocabulary, and overall language. 
authors write in a variety of ways. And so when we can be able to read aloud and let students hear how it sounds, talk to students about why the author wrote that way, this is valuable for students with expanding their knowledge, language, and vocabulary. Another reason why the interactive read aloud is so important is that it builds a foundation of mentor texts for reading and writing mini lessons. So when you are now going into reading mini lesson time, writing mini lesson time, you can pull from these read alouds that you have interacted with with your students. These texts now become the springboard for you and your future lessons. So it's important to have this going so that your students can draw from that experience and then apply a new skill to it. Another reason that the interactive read aloud is so important is that it provides a context for learning how to talk about text with others. With others is the big key there. We are teaching students communication skills, how to have discussions with other children, with other adults in that sense, because you're a part of this too. So this is a key life lesson that kids really need, and it's all stemming back to the read aloud text. And the last reason that I really love interactive read alouds is that it builds a community of learners who share this literary knowledge. Every student that is present for the day has all read and interacted with this one specific piece of text. This is a text that every student in your class got to have the experience with, and they might not be able to have these rich discussions and conversations with the students next door or with students from another school or with kids anywhere. So this is a special time as you are building a community of learners that have this shared literary knowledge. So from a bird's eye view, this interactive read aloud, it's a whole group instruction time. You as the teacher are reading aloud a selected text to children occasionally pausing for discussion. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit later. You don't want to overdo how many times you're pausing and interrupting the flow of the text, but you definitely want to occasionally pause and allow time for discussion to happen. These texts that you use are going to have a high intentionality for your teaching. You're going to really look for rich texts that have a variety of different key points that you can pull from. And oftentimes, these texts that are in your interactive read aloud are probably going to be beyond the instructional reading level of most children. And that's okay because you are the one reading it. Your students are not gonna get stuck with trying to decode words and figure out that tricky vocabulary and what that word means. So you're going to be doing a lot of the reading for them. So it's natural that the texts chosen are probably going to be above the instructional reading level of most of the children in your class, and that's okay. During this time, children are listening to the text. They are viewing the illustrations, and it's important that you allow them to see the text and the pictures of the book because that's definitely something that we want them to pay attention to when they are reading independently. 
Now, text-based discussion is happening, and this is going to help children construct meaning. So this interactive read-aloud is more than just reading the book to students, but you're going to embed moments of discussion, and that's going to help your students. And ultimately, children are going to be able to make connections between the different books that you are reading in this interactive read-aloud time. When setting this up, it's actually fairly simple. You want to make sure that all of your students are comfortably seated in the whole group area. I know many teachers have carpet, big carpet areas that might be in front of your whiteboard or in front of your smart board. So this is a really great place for students to come. And however you have to make it to where they have their set place to sit, just be able to do whatever works for you. But the important thing is that your students need to be able to easily see and hear the text that's being read aloud. If they are sitting way in the back, they have no idea what you're saying because they're that far back. Or if they cannot see the illustrations, especially if it's a small picture of a book, this can be a bit problematic. So be mindful of that. If the book that you're using has really, really, really small details in the illustrations that are really important for students, Maybe you might take a moment to blow that picture up on the copy machine and make sure that a couple of partner pairs can be able to look at it. Or maybe you slide that book underneath your document camera and let your students see that picture closely on the smart board. So you'll have to decide what works best for your classroom setting, but you want to make sure that students can be able to see and hear the text that's being displayed. This is also important because authors will use different types of text in their writing. So they might have bolded words or italicized words, or the words might actually be really, really small or spaced apart. And so you want to be able to draw attention to that, especially if you're reading it a certain way. So it's really important that your students can see and hear the text that's being read aloud. Ideally, during this interactive read aloud time, you're going to be sitting at the front while students are clustered facing you. So all students looking at you, you are in the front having your read aloud book and making sure that you are showing them illustrations as you need to. Alternatively, though, you could have students sitting on chairs as long as it's kind of like in a horseshoe or like a semi-circle, like a C-shape, where all students can be able to see you, but they also can kind of see each other. This is going to allow uh, space for your students to turn and talk to each other, which is that discussion piece. So however you need to arrange it, it can look a variety of ways, but the important part is that you are front and center with that important piece of rich text, and your students are able to see, hear, and interact with each other easily. When choosing your read aloud book that you want to do for this interactive time, try to choose titles that you know your students will be engaged with. Maybe there's a certain series, or maybe there's a certain book that has animals as characters, or maybe there is something that you know, oh man, my students are going to love this. Definitely start choosing books that you know your students are going to enjoy. If there's a a story that you enjoy, but your students might not have any type of knowledge about it, because you're reading it, you can easily get that student buy-in. So think about the books that have really great pictures, really clear, bright, 
colorful imagery. Whatever it is, you want to make sure that this time is always exciting for your students. Also, think about diversity. Bring in books that teach these important messages. They have really great themes. These books are engaging, but they also look like the students in your classroom. It is so important to have a diverse library, so this is a great way to bring in diversity by way of your interactive read-alouds. When it comes to preparing your interactive read-aloud, what I love using, which might not be a surprise to you, is Post-it Notes. These are so important because you can be able to mark the places within your text where you're going to model thinking aloud, where you're going to have children turn and talk or think pair-share with each other. You're going to be able to code parts where you need to hype up the engagement or maybe a place where there is a rich vocabulary word and you want to bring this word to your students. So on sticky notes, you are going to be able to mark all of the places that you want to engage your students with this text, and then you're going to be prepared and ready to go. If there is a place in the text where when your students are turning and talking with each other and you want them to use a certain piece of language, like a sentence stem, it's also helpful to sticky note what stem you want your students to use. That way, when you're sharing with them, you can use it as a model and then they can be able to turn and talk to each other using that sentence stem to start their response and then their own thinking will finish the response. So sticky notes are going to be your best friend whenever you are doing an interactive read aloud with your students because these little pieces of paper are going to be able to keep you on track. There are a variety of sizes of sticky notes, so definitely use what works best for you. Sometimes I like using the mini sticky notes because I can just easily put it on a page and it's not super distracting or big, especially if I'm holding it up or if I need to peel it off. But there might be some times where I am using a big sticky note because I want to write more text or I want to list out more questions. So be flexible and just have fun with those sticky notes. It is also really helpful to set expectations with your students. Now, no matter at what point in the year that you might say, okay, I'm really ready to dive into a true interactive read aloud, you may want to incorporate some of this because it's going to help with the overall whole group management. Now, I'm merely going to share suggestions and try to allow you to visualize this, but if you have a unique idea... I encourage you to get creative, make this your own, and start introducing these to your students. But you want to set the expectation, and sometimes because you're going to have different moments where you want students to discuss a certain part of the read aloud text, or maybe you want them to share aloud. So having like little hand signals or different gestures where when you do it, your students are trained to know what that means. It's going to make it really fun for your students, but also it's going to help with their transitions. So for instance, if you want students to think, sometimes I'll just tap my head. And when you're tapping your head, it means that the room is quiet and you just want them to think. And you'll start seeing your students looking up or closing their eyes, or maybe they're like, you know, tapping their chin. But when I do that, it is because that think time is so important. And even if students have the answer, the retrieval time, we all need it. So 
I don't want students to hurry and rush. I want to make sure that each of them have had time to clearly think through whatever it is that I want them to think through before they get ready for the next task, which might be to share aloud or to turn and talk. You can allow students to think aloud, like if they want to, uh, you ask them to think, and then they kind of are whispering or talking to themselves and thinking through it. If you want to use that strategy, then you definitely want to also implement the silent think strategy, which you would just tap your mouth with one finger, like being silent, and then looking up as if you're thinking. That way, your students will know during this time, we are quietly thinking, not thinking aloud. So for that think, I like to just have my students think quietly, and it's like an internal processing time. But if you want your students to think aloud, then you definitely want to do the silent think as well. Whenever it's time to turn and talk really easily, they can look at me. I can make my two pointer fingers meet each other. So taking the pointer finger from the right and the pointer finger from the left, you're going to let them meet, touch each other, and that signals to your students that it's time to turn and talk. Then when you want them to turn back to you or if you want them to stop, If you have a certain, uh, maybe it's a three clap, like a hand clap three times, like clap, clap, clap. Maybe you have a doorbell or a chime. Whatever that signal is, as soon as they hear that sound, you will train your students that it's time to stop talking and look back to you so that you are able to listen to a couple of examples out loud or you just keep on reading. You don't have to listen to something out loud every single time. Because your students had that time to share, you can keep going on with the text. There's a couple of other things, like if I want to model something, I might do my turn, your turn. This really helps to control the room, especially if you have those eager students who love to uh, share, 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 then this is going to let you be able to truly have a time to model something that you want all of your students to see. And so whenever you are doing my turn, you are basically pointing to yourself. And then whenever it's their turn, you're putting your hand out to them. And that's their time to be able to corally share or the students who do know an answer or a suggestion they can can share. So I know that that's really important because we want our students to engage with us and to share out loud, but sometimes I know that I really need my students to listen and learn, and I don't want them to say anything because I want to show them something. So if it's something really special like that, that's like, okay, this is my turn, then I point to myself, and then they know that this is not their turn to talk, but then immediately after, I put my hand out facing them, and then they know that they have the floor. So that is a great strategy to use, especially if you have some students who are eager, eager, eager to share. Another one is that I know that sometimes students will think of things as you're reading and they just want to like blurt it out. And sometimes we want to make sure that we can control the space of the read aloud because this is a time where all of your students are listening to that text. So if your students have thought of an idea or have something to say, then you can just have them tap their forehead rather than calling out. And so I let them know that if I see them tap their forehead, that signals to me that they have something to share. And as soon as we get to a stopping point or as soon as I have time for them to share, then I know exactly who to call on and they can be able to share their thought or their idea. 
And then the last one that's pretty standard that you probably do across all of your subjects is that if your students want to answer a question or share, then they will raise their hand. Again, this is a whole group text, and so we never want to rob the opportunity from another student who is still trying to process something or think about something. I, from the jump, will say, hey, if you want to share something or if you want to answer, raise your hand. We are not going to call out. And after a few repetitions of that, your students will catch on, and it's going to be such a better flow of a lesson when there's not a whole lot of interruptions, blurting, and calling out. Once we get into the actual structure of the read aloud, it is fairly simple. It is going to be introducing the text, reading the text, and then discussing the text. So I'm going to go a little bit more in depth with each of these, but it is just that simple. After I go into those three, I'm going to give a couple of ways that you can be able to expand on the interactive read aloud, but those will be optional. With introducing the text, you are going to be engaging the student's interest and activating their thinking. So with this, you really want to draw from their schema and their background knowledge to connect it to prior learning, and this is going to be helpful for getting them kind of warmed up before you start reading the text to them. Give them any background knowledge that they're going to need in order to be able to comprehend the text that you're reading. And this is an awesome time for you to be able to preview vocabulary words. If you have to show them a certain image for them to understand what that is, that is a place where you could do that in the introduction. And this is where you're going to set the purpose for what reading skill or strategy it is that you want them to take away. And so if it's helpful for you, you might want to write that on the board. Maybe you have little objective objective boards or standards. So as long as they can understand the one thing that you're wanting them to take away from that, then they will be prepared and ready to dive into the text with you. After you have introduced the text to them, you're going to stop a few times to invite the thinking to happen and to have a brief conversation. This is where students might be thinking aloud, they might be silent thinking and then turning and talking with the student, Or you might have students raising their hand and just having a few of them share out loud. As you are reading the text, think about turning into the characters. Pull out all of your best character voices. Your students are going to love this, and they are going to look forward to this interactive read-aloud time if they know what they can expect from you. So bring these books to life. Get the students as excited about read-alouds as you are. And bring these books to life. Bring these characters to life. Allow your students to jump into the books and get engaged. As you're reading, you're going to remember to stop at those parts where you already planned to have the engagements. So check your sticky notes and have those discussions. So interacting with the text doesn't just mean to answer the questions or the vocabulary that you have, but you want to make this enjoyable for kids. And so some other things that you can do outside of modeling your thinking around the strategy or having your students silent think and turn and talk or think pair share, you could also have students act out important words. So for example, if you had the word scurry, like the mouse was scurrying through the kitchen floor, 
then you could have your kids act out what that could look like. So they might be pumping their hands and moving their feet really quickly on the ground. So whatever that is, you want to just allow them to say, yes, scurrying means to be in a quick hurry, just like their actions are showing them. You could also have students read out repeated parts. So if there are certain books that have the same lines that repeat on every other page, as your students can expect it, you can have them read it out. If they don't do it initially, you can put your hand out to say it's your turn. And that's going to kind of let them know that that same phrase is coming up and then they can have fun engaging with it. And the last thing that you can try to do to keep it just engaging outside of discussion is that when possible, you can have students interact with the actual text. So if someone is running, you can maybe have them actually like running or slapping their legs. Or if there is a character in there, you can have them make that character voice. So whatever you can do to try to let them have fun with it, you can add that in. But I want to caution you to not overdo it. Do not stop too often and don't try to over discuss or over cover every single thing because that is going to add time to your read aloud. You want to keep this within probably a 10 to 12, 15 minute time frame. So if you keep having stops or if you keep having them do something, then that's going to extend your time. I like to gauge the crowd. So if they kind of seem like they're kind of, you know, zoning out, that's when I would want to say, great, what sound do you think that might make? And then that's going to get them back invested into the text. So be mindful of that because kids are going to lose interest. They might start to fidget if they're sitting too long. So you don't want to add so much to where it's adding time in. But be mindful of the behaviors and definitely add in something if you need to keep them stimulated with you. It really depends on your text, but I'm already assuming that someone's going to have a question like, well, how many times should I stop? So it does depend on what text you're using, but I would say that I try to have two to three intentional moments for discussion and then another two to three moments where we could do a really quick engagement or interaction with the text. So you're not really going to want to stop more than four, five, or six times within any given read aloud. Finally, after reading your text, it's going to be a time to discuss the text. And at this time, you're going to invite students to talk about the book. As students reflect on the meaning of the whole text, you're going to guide them towards some of the key understandings and the main messages of that particular book. After discussion, this is also a great time if your students had additional thoughts to be able to just let them share and have the floor. Again, you can monitor how many people are sharing, but sometimes we do know that different stories spark these different types of memories or these different types of new understandings or a deeper comprehension. So definitely celebrate when this is happening and allow that to take place in the discussion and at the end of your read aloud time. Now, I mentioned that there were a couple of ways that you can extend this. So you can revisit the text. Now, this is optional. All this means is that you can revisit the book on the same day, maybe in a different lesson or on a different day of the week or maybe a different week or two from the time that you first read it, and you can plan to reread it. This can be parts of it, one page of it, the whole thing. 
And this is so students can notice more about how it's crafted and how they can be able to deepen their meaning and understanding by way of close reading it. So if you can revisit the text, that is where they can already know the story so they can start uncovering and recognizing new things that they didn't see the first time through. So that is something that you definitely can do. But again, I mentioned that you can take that and put it into another subject so they're still revisiting that same text. Something else that you could do is have students respond to the text. Now, this is optional. And while you don't need some type of activity or written response after every single read aloud you do, You will have those certain select topics that lend themselves well to a written response, and that's when you want to definitely take advantage of having your students write and respond. It doesn't just end there. This is all just a way to allow your students to engage in additional experiences to enhance their appreciation and their interpretation of the text that you read to them. So this could be their writing about the reading, which I think is most standard or most common for teachers, but this could also include art or drama, acting it out, or different types of projects. So definitely think about the read aloud that you're doing and what you would like to do optionally, but you don't have to do something after every single one since your students are doing so much work within that read aloud text. I hope that this gave you a little bit more of an insight into the interactive read aloud. And I just want to kind of close with, this is the foundation for instruction in your classroom. This interactive read aloud is going to be what provides your students with those rich opportunities. And it's going to be for every single student in your class. They are going to be able to expand their background knowledge, experience age-appropriate and grade-appropriate texts, And they're going to be able to learn a variety of ways to think deeper and to use academic language to talk about an engaging text that you got to bring into your classroom specifically for them. And that's amazing. So I cannot wait to hear how this is going in your classrooms. Maybe there's a strategy that you're trying. Maybe it's actually structuring your interactive read aloud with introducing, reading, and discussing the text. Maybe you're going to implement some of the hand signals to try with the management. Maybe you're going to start using sticky notes to tab out the vocabulary and the sentence stems and the different places that you want your students to think. Whatever it is that you are doing in your classrooms, I want to hear about it. So send me a direct message on Instagram at The Literacy Dive and let me know. I cannot wait to dive into another topic with you next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.